There are various ways to read the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. If one has an understanding of the tenet systems, it broadens one's understanding of what Lama Tsongkhapa wrote. Without an understanding of the nature of reality according to the varying tenets, it would be impossible to understand what Lama Tsongkhapa is refuting. I believe yes, and number three is where we begin. Less. <laughs> Less so. Okay, so when we look at the um, teachings of Lord Buddha and how we could categorize them or how they could be understood in a way that seemed to be um, graduated stages, um, um, if we let me start that over. Uh, if we take Lord Buddha's teachings and we uh, try to find a way to um, categorize them or put them into graduated stages, the best way to do that is by using the, the category of three, the teachings for beings of three capacities. Uh, and this is a, a teaching or an outline, really in a literal sense, that was passed down from Lord Atisha in The Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment um, through the Tibetan scholars, and then eventually Lama Tsongkhapa wrote this work, the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, uh, which interpreted it. And then Lama Tsongkhapa wrote a series of other works that were smaller, that all had the same exact intent and meaning, but were just written in a more summarized format. But they all dealt with this one subject, the teachings for beings of three capacities. And there as follows. So the beginning, the teachings for beings of small capacity are teachings for beings who only want to have a higher realm rebirth in their next lives. Uh, they're not looking at liberation, nirvana, or Buddhahood. They only want to have a higher realm rebirth. Not higher than now, because right now we're in the higher realms. The higher realms refers to the human realm, the demigod realm, and the god realm. So when it, when it says that they are looking for a higher realm rebirth, it doesn't refer to higher than now. We are currently in the higher realm. It means that this or better, uh, um, this or higher in terms of the six realms of cyclic existence. So that type of practitioner engages in going for refuge to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, engages in ethical behavior that abandons the ten non-virtuous activities, and then if he or she... Uh, wavers acknowledges that downfall. In dependence upon those practices, he or she will achieve higher realm rebirth. 
the next category, the teachings shared in common with beings of medium capacity, are for beings who wish to achieve their own individual nirvana, their own liberation, uh, um, not concerned with others' liberation, just concerned with their own and achieving nirvana. This type of nirvana is achieved by practicing the three highest higher trainings, the highest higher training in ethics, concentration, and wisdom. And in dependence upon these trainings, he or she will be able to achieve nirvana or an individual liberation, which is an abandonment of the afflictive obstructions which bind one to cyclic existence. But the imprints of those afflictive obstructions are still present, therefore they are not omniscient. The only way to get rid of those final obscurations, which are called the obstructions to omniscience, which are the imprints of the afflictive obstructions, is to practice the stages of the path that lead to Buddhahood. And those are the teachings for beings of great capacity. And those teachings lead to Buddhahood. And those practices are a union of the practices mentioned already, coupled with the generation of bodhicitta, and then the practice of the six perfections. And in dependence upon those practices, he or she becomes a Buddha. Uh, so this is how all of Lord Buddha's teachings can be summarized into three categories. The teachings for beings of three capacities, those teachings that lead to the higher realms, those teachings that lead to an individual nirvana or liberation, and those teachings that lead to complete Buddhahood. And as a translator's note, Tantrayana is one of the divisions of the teachings for beings of great capacity, um, but this text mainly focuses on the perfection vehicle because Lama Tsongkhapa wrote a text called The Great Treatise on the Stages of the Tantric <coughs> Path to explain the tantric stages, the second half of the perfection, the second half of the um, Mahayana or great vehicle. Um, so um, this is how you would divide the teachings by way of three. Um, and we would say that the medium scope, the teachings share in common with beings of medium capacity would be the Hinayana teachings. Um, and the teachings for beings of great capacity would be the <coughs> Mahayana teachings. And when we look at the tenet systems that I just mentioned, uh, the four tenet systems, they also can be categorized. So the, the tenet system of the Vabashika, which in English is called the Great Exposition School, or the Sautrantika, which in English is the Sutra School, these two tenets um, can be put into the category of the Hinayana teachings. And the, the Chittamantran, or mind-only school, and the Madhyamaka, the middle-way school, fall into the category of the Mahayana teachings, the great vehicle teachings. So the great vehicle teachings then, and the teaching, these teachings fall categorically under the teachings for beings of great capacity, and the other me, uh, the other Hinayana approach, which we would find in the, the Vabhashka and Satrantika, would fall categorically under the teachings for beings of medium capacity. So just linking the tenets with the, the categories and so forth. And the tenets primarily expound the view of the nature of reality and then also other things related. So some of the tenets of the lowest school are the same in the highest school but some are not. So it just gets subtler and subtler in terms of the view of the nature of reality as one goes from the lowest tenet to the highest. Okay, Deeksung Rinpoche. Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> 
That's easy. Okay. Whether to add the qualification ultimate to the object of negation. So just real quickly, um, looking at those tenet systems again, the Madhyamaka system, this is a translator's note, the Madhyamaka system uh, has two categories, the Madhyamika um, Prasangika and Madhyamika Svatantrika with a V, like S-V-A, Svatantrika. And the Madhyamika Svatantrika, which is the lower form of the Madhyamaka, has two categories. The um, one that is like the middle way, I'm sorry, one that is like the uh, sutra school, like tending towards that, and another that's tending towards the um, mind-only school. Uh, so when you see these words that are next to Madhyamaka in Sanskrit, it's just referring to a division within Madhyamaka. Um, so just as just a translator's note. Um, one is uh, a Yogacara, Svatantrika Yogacara, and the other is, I'd have to get back to you on that. The Yogacara is the one that's like the mind-only school. 
Okay, whether to add the qualification ultimate to the object of negation. It is quite unreasonable to claim that adding the qualification ultimate to the object of negation is procedure only in Svatantrika Madhyamaka. So this is the lower form of Madhyamaka. It's not specifying whether it's the uh, mind only or the, the sutra. It's just saying the, se the lower. Chandrakirti's explanation of the Middleway Commentary cites the Perfection of Wisdom Sutra in 25,000 lines. No. Panka, everyone just read that silently to themselves. Venerable Subhuti, uh, it is that there is no attainment and no clear knowledge. Subhuti answered, Venerable Shariputra, there is no attainment and there is no clear knowledge, but not in a dualistic sense. Venerable Shariputra, attainment and clear knowledge exist as worldly conventions. Only stream-enterers, once-returners, never-returners, arhats, prachika buddhas and bodhisattvas exist as worldly conventions. Uh, ultimately, however, there is no attainment and there is no clear knowledge. Um, so here, this is talking about the eight levels of approaching and abiding and so forth. So all these different categories that are, they're talking about are, the, are those, as well as, uh, um, so those are the, the uh, Hinayana's chart, and then the um, Bodhisattvas refer to the, the Bodhisattva vehicles. So that's what it's referring to in here. Um, and there is no clear knowledge. Chandrakirti's explanation of the Middleway commentary says that you should follow this statement. Do not claim that this is a Svatantrika Sutra. Do you claim that this is a Svatantrika Sutra? It is ed evident that there are a great many such cases where definitive sutras add the qualification ultimate. Also, Nagarjuna's 70 stanzas on emptiness says. So here, this is a whole debate going on about the tenets. So if you can read it the, just on the outer way, but the inner way would be to understand all of the tenets and what they all express, and then reading it through those lenses, and it becomes a different lens. Um, uh, so also Nagarjuna's 70 stanzas on emptiness says, through the force of worldly convention and not through the force of reality, the Buddha spoke of duration, production, and cessation, of existence and non-existence, of what is low, moderate, or supreme. Also, Nagarjuna's precious garland says, It is said that both the self and that which belongs to the self exist. They do not exist in an ultimate sense. The Rimache, Ngadi Segadu, the Lodru, Lodru, the Becha, Lona, the Ranjupa, Lo, the Tenjor, Lo, Kakare, the Konsusampa, the Donda, the Konsusampa, the Donda, the Donda, the Sampa, Kakare, Tenjor, Donda, Data, Yine, the Konsus, the Sampa, Okay, I was just telling him that I said, I always let Rinpoche know. He tells me to add a translator's note, and he also, I tell him when I add things. So I was just letting him know about the different interpretations, and he said, yeah, exactly. Also, Nagarjuna's precious garland says, it is said that both the <coughs> self and that which belongs to the self exist. They do not exist in an ultimate sense. So whatever tenet system the person belongs to, they'll read this quote and interpret it in that way. So if someone is a, a holder of the autonomy view, they'll read this quote and interpret the quote according to their viewpoint. And it'll be different than that of the correct viewpoint of the middle way consequence school. The middle way consequence school is the ultimately correct view, but there are holders of views lower than that that would interpret this in a different way. So that's what the tenets are all about. They're different views of emptiness and, and of the selflessness and so forth. 
Um, so because the views are different, the interpretations are different. Um, so you'll have entire texts written about a commentary on something Nagarjuna wrote, which would be technically incorrect because it would be negated by the consequence school view. Uh, and I'm also Nagarjuna's Precious Garland says, it is said that both the self and that which belongs to the self exist. They do not exist in an ultimate sense. Also, how can something be true when the seed that produce it, produces it is false? Similarly, production and disintegration appear in the illusory world, but ultimately there is no production and no disintegration. Thus, such texts often make statements in which they attach ultimately, truly, or in reality to the negation. Even when they do not add those, they very frequently add a qualification that something does not exist essentially, does not exist intrinsically, or does not exist by way of its intrinsic character. Also, Buddha Palita's commentary on the fundamental treatise says, Nagarjuna's fundamental treatise, the teachings given by the Buddhas rely wholly on the two truths, worldly conventional truths and ultimate truths. Thus, with the truth of worldly conventions, you say a pot exists or a bamboo mat exists, and that the same conventional sense you indicate that they are impermanent. The pot broke, the bamboo mat burned. When you begin to contemplate reality, pots and bamboo mats are untenable in that they are dependently imputed objects. In that case, how can it be tenable to regard them as broken or burned? Furthermore, you indicate that the impermanence of even the Tathagata through the force of the worldly conventions, the Tathagata has grown old and the Tathagata has passed from sorrow. When you contemplate the ultimate, even the Tathagata is not tenable in that case. How can his growing old and passing from sorrow be tenable? So it's just saying that the Tathagata is empty, growing old is empty, passing on to beyond sorrow is empty. That's really the, ultimately what it's saying here. Also, the Master Chandrakirti says that he refutes true production but does not refute mere production. His commentary on 60 stanzas of reasoning says, We do not propound that an apprehension of a reflection dependently produced and seen strictly as false is not produced in any way. However, we say that it does not occur in terms of the nature and we propound that it does not produce in that sense. What in th is the nature in terms of what, which we say that it is not produced? A nature that you can clearly hold as a truth. However, it is not that it is not produced as something false, because we do not assert that it arises as that dependently. Thus, he does not refute production that is false, like an illusion. He does refute true production. He says that it is not contradictory to be both produced dependently and not produced intrinsically. That same text says, therefore, in this way, production and non-production have a different scope. So how can they contradict one another? Right. So it's so important to understand what the object of negation is when you're doing med meditation. So when we look, looking at the Heart Sutra, the Heart Sutra says there's no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell. So what is the object of negation here? What is no? It's not negating that the existence of eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, etc. It's negating the true establishment of the eye, ear, etc. 
So there's no negation of its existence. The object of negation is its intrinsic existence. So it's important uh, in meditation to know what you, your object of meditation is. What is the correct thing to be negated? What is in the, the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge? What is no? What does no mean? Does it mean there is no I? No, it means there is no intrinsically existent, no truly established I. Uh, Rajinji Jin Gajala Gajala Shikaba Tajuanila 
यहाँ दाबा हो यहाँ दाबा रहा देहबर देहबर से भी छबसा दो मगुते That's the best place to stop. All right. 669. What is the meaning? Okay. Also, we contend that dependently produced things are like reflections, not produced intrinsically. As this is the case, how can your objection stand a chance? He says this in reply to an objection that is contradictory for something that to be dependently produced and yet not produced intrinsically. Also, Chandrakirti's commentary on the Middle Way says, Therefore, through such a process, you should understand that primordially, things are not produced in reality but are produced in the world. Thus, he attaches the qualification in reality to not produce. The commentary on the Middle Way also says, just as these things, pots and such, do not exist in reality, but do exist in terms of what the world understands, so it is for all things. Therefore, it does not follow they are not. It therefore it does not follow that they are like the son of a barren woman. Thus, he says that all internal and external things do not exist in reality, but do exist conventionally. Hence, he does not omit the qualification ultimately to the negation, in the negation. In brief, if you in no way accept the addition of the qualification ultimately to the negation, then you will have no way to distinguish the two truths. You will not be able to say, ultimately, it is such and such. Conventionally, it is such and such. There is no explanation of such majamaka anywhere, so it is simply a wrong idea. Chandrakirti's clear words refutes the addition of the qualification ultimately to the negation to in the context of refuting production from self, not in the context of refuting mere production. This is very clear in the, that commentary. Also, as Chandrakirti's explanation of the middle way commentary says, the Master Nagarjuna refutes production from self in general without using a qualification saying there is no production from self. There is someone, i.e., 
Bhava Vega, who uses the qualification, things are not produced from self ultimately because of existing like a living being, I think that this use of the qualification ultimately is senseless. So here you're seeing the scholar. Bhava Vega is um, one of the scholars that we have on the wall. So you see that even the high great scholars of the Nalanda tradition negate each other's views and um, to, inabs to ad uh, what is it, ad absurdium, to, to the absurd, they basically bring it. Um, so you'll see this, and this is talking about a, a being who is of the lower Madhyamaka school. So he's a, a middle way autonomy practitioner, Baba Vega is. He wrote the um, Blaze of Reasoning very, very important Prajnaparamita text. But you'll see even here where Chandrakirti is completely just negating his view and saying that it's senseless the, that he's using certain terminology. So consequently, do, we do not distinguish, here it is, Svatantrika Madhyamaka and Prasangika Madhyamaka by way of whether they add the qualification ultimately to the negation. Instead, they differ in whether they refute essential or intrinsic existence conventionally. Hence, when, so, uh, hence, so some of the schools state that there's a conventional inherent existence. Um, the, even the highest school, the second highest school, believes that there's some thingness in the thing that couples with the person naming it that brings it into existence, in which there's still some lingering inherent existence in that view that isn't completely clean. Instead, they differ in whether they refute essential or intrinsic existence conventionally. Hence, when refuting the essential or intrinsic existence of internal or external phenomena, prasangikas say that it is unnecessary to add a new qualification such as ultimately or in reality or truly. This is because if there were essential or intrinsic existence, it would have to be established as an ultimate etc. Svatantrikas say that if you do not attach ultimate or the like to them, then they cannot be refuted. So they add ultimately in reality or truly. However, neither Madhyamaka system asserts that you can refute, refute conventionally existent things such as production, cessation, bondage, release, and so forth without adding some qualifications such as ultimately or essentially. So, here we find two categories, uh, conventional truth and ultimate truth. Uh, so if we use the subject, um, we just use ourselves. Uh, so the Jeff, or that's here. Uh, this Jeff is conventional truth. The, the Jeff that's sitting here talking. The collection of aggregates that came together that served as a basis of designation for the the naming of Jeff. That that's things in um, lack of inherent existence is ultimate truth. So the, the Jeff, or the I that is here is conventional truth. 
the emptiness of the collection that comes together that serves as a basis of designation for the name Jeff is ultimate truth. But it's, it isn't that collection that's ultimate truth. It's the lack of true existence of that collection. It's the lack of intrinsic nature that that collection has. So it's basically, in short, Jeff's, Jeff's lack of true establishment that is, in tr is ultimate truth, and Jeff is conventional truth. Jeff's emptiness is ultimate truth, and Jeff is conventional truth. Decent room chain. Well, no, 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 Maybe during the guy in the tell her during the shiba show, Tambane, Chuji show at the Nika Jituno, Yana, Tambane, Matuishi, Yela tea, turn, turn, turn on you, Yimbe, Tamba, Yana, turn Tamba, Mason to be, Shiro Tamba Tumba, Debayila <coughs> Jubi Chapa 
zonki habi teba konala konala majao uma uma nawale uma nawale jo kaya ダンダバチワメチワダンダバチワメチショワラスバペバテヤンダラヤンダンデンデヒンバデデヤンダシビトゥトゥバダンサバダンゴンバレチュシロタンチタンチネシシジマロビユジェンビシェル ダンバシシャワデディトゥンダンバインビシャロマソンタンジュビシェベチャバチャバネユデテダテダテダキサンビオンキモボンテダタンジマジバコナシシャワシャオテナンダルシェトンダルシェトトゥンダンバ这个没有多少年的人他们这个人他们这个人他们这个人他们这个人他们这个人他们这个人他们这个人他们这个人他们这个人他们这个人他们这个人他们这个人他们这个人他们这个人他们这个人他们这个人他们这个人他们这个人他
Koba, Koba Mazobi, Tensi J, Tonsa Madruba, Ni, Inbe, Daniela Chumeto, Hoshi, Mobonon, Mobonon, Tonsa Bogoni, Mabani, Dube, Koba Mazoba, Zibi Shina, Tanya to Ragi, Mwetubingwo the Okay. Okay. Rajingubi Okay. And then they chew it on that job. Okay. What is the meaning of does not exist ultimately? Dun dampar mepa. Object here, dun, means something knowable, and highest dampa means supreme, and ultimate, dun dam. Also, the dun means meaning or. Um, Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, dunda means the meaning of something. Okay, something noble and highest. Of, okay, let me start here. They're doing the etymology of of the word dundamparmepa. So here, object dun means something noble and highest. Dampa means supreme and ultimate. Dundam is a common locus of both. In another way, highest refers to a non-conceptual sublime wisdom and the ultimate is the object of the highest dundam because it is the object or domain of that. In yet another way, the wisdom concordant with the non-conceptual sublime wisdom that directly knows the ultimate is called the ultimate. Baba Vega's Heart of the Middle Way says, Earth and such are not elements, ultimately. Commenting on his blaze of reasons says, Regarding the term ultimate, dundampa, it is an object, dun, because it is something to be known, it is synonymous with something to be examined and something to be understood. Highest dampa is a term that means supreme. Joined in the compound, highest object, dundam, this means that because emptiness is an object and also is the highest, it is the ultimate. In another way, ultimate means object of the highest. So these are all different scholars saying almost like what we need to do to form a lexicon and what the meaning of each word really is. So even at the point where they had one, scholars were arguing at when they broke the etymology of a word down as to what the roots really meant. In another way, ultimate means object of the highest, dam pi dun, because uh, emptiness is the object of the highest, a non-conceptual sublime wisdom. It is the ultimate. In another way, it, it means that which is concordant with the ultimate, because the ultimate exists for a wisdom that is concordant with the direct knowledge of the ultimate. It is said to be concordant with the ultimate. When they say that something does not exist ultimately, or is non-existent ultimately, it has the last of these three meanings, because the same text says, Quam, the ultimate is beyond all awareness because the refutation of an essence of things is in the realm of letters. Thus would not the, re the refutation be non-existent for that reason? Reply, there are two types of ultimate. One of these operates without conceptual activity. It is super mundane, stainless and without elaborations. Second operates with conceptual activity and is concordant with the collections of merit and wisdom. It is called sublime wisdom in the world and it does not involve elaborations. Here we hold this latter to be the qualifier in the thesis. Does not exist ultimately, so it, there is no fallacy. Taking this as referring to wisdom based on study and reflection to properly that properly analyzes reality and to, and to consciousnesses above that, it does not refer only to a noble being's post-equipoise condition. Also, Kamala Shila's Illumination of the Middle Way says, The meaning of a statement such as production does not exist ultimately is as follows. All consciousnesses that arise from study, reflection, and meditation on reality are accurate subjects. They are therefore called ultimate, called ultimate in that they are, ultimate of the, they are the ultimate of those consciousnesses. They differ in whether they work directly or indirectly, but the force of their thought makes it understood that all these things are strictly not produced. Therefore, we explain the phrase, production does not exist ultimately, as meaning that knowledge of reality does not exist that these things are produced, does not establish that these things are produced. This seems to agree with what is stated in Baba Vega's Blaze of Reasons, also Kamala Shila's commentary on the difficult points of Shandarashita's ornament of the middle way, says, to the qualm in what 
way is it that things do not exist intrinsically? Chandra's Jita said, in reality, the term reality refers to the status of things just as they are, something that is known by an inference based on facts. This is the same as saying that things are empty when, when you analyze them just as they are. This explains the phrases in reality, ultimately, and so forth. In another way, terms as such as reality may refer only to knowledge of reality because th it is because that is what it observes. Knowledge of reality, not conventional <laughs> knowledge, provides the understanding that allows us to say that things do not exist intrinsically. Both Baba Vega's Lamp of Nagarjuna's Fundamental Treatise and The Blaze of Reason often add qualifications, such as in reality, in the absence of intrinsic existence, in particular the Lamp for the Fundamental Treatise, commenting on the 15th chapter of the Fundamental Treatise says, Objection. If things have no essence, how can they be things? If they are things, then they are not without essence. Thus you have the fallacy of mistakenly denying those objects with the very words within your thesis. The objection is that within the thesis, things do not have essence. Baba Vega contradicts his own words, in that the same text he replies, we did not claim that things ultimately have essence and then advance the thesis of essencelessness. Therefore, we do not on that account mistakenly deny the object of our thesis. Thus, since this is not a case where the meaning of the reason is not established, we have no fault. He holds that he does not mistakenly deny things due to his assertion that things lack essence, ultimately, so it is clear that he asserts that it would be a mistaken denial to say that they lack essence. That is, do not essentially exist. Conventionally, that same text also says... Ultimately, internal things lack essence because they are produced and also because they, this distinctive statement of their being produced indicates that they are contingent upon the dependent. For example, they are like human beings, etc., that a conjurer has emanated. Thus, he definitely adds the qualification ultimately in the refutation of intrinsic existence. Uh, with regard to this, all of these masters agree that something's not existing ultimately means that when a reasoning consciousness properly analyzing its ontological status places it under scrutiny that consciousness does not establish its existence. Therefore, even the texts of Baba Vega in positing conventionalities say such things as without engaging in analysis that accords with perception of reality. When refuting intrinsic existence, they often say does not exist under rational analysis. Thus these, statement, thus, these statements and those of the former masters are similar. However, these masters do not agree as to whether something that exists essentially must be held capable of withstanding scrutiny by rational analysis of its ontological status. As I have explained at length above, the two masters, Buddha Palita and Chandrakirti, hold something that that something that exists essentially must be able to withstand scrutiny by rational analysis of reality and hence must also be established ultimately. And that, and that too. Any questions? <laughs> yes, Coleman. It's question time, question time. No. That's hot diggity dog. Okay, so my it's question was, time. Um, if like the highest yoga tantra is so rare and um, like there's the slogan like you can achieve enlightenment in one lifetime, um, 
I don't know if that, it's like why would you I mean is that just like propaganda or um, like why even like mention high sugar tantra and get people's like to believe that like they can like achieve like enlightenment like that like because if you study highest yoga tantra it doesn't say that well, what's it say it says that it's a it's called the resultant vehicle mm-hmm. Rimache, the so what is the question like why is it i don't understand the question are you is it why don't we just do highest yoga tantra like that is that yeah. what you mean? Like, the umi major alana may be ju, the 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 ju sanje sa jupodro. Then a garishene ngatsu kanga major alana may be ju, the kuna lobjungshe kuna. Garishene ngatsu jipo chungo lobjungshe. Garishene jipo din lobjungshe. Garishene parshin lobjungshe. Gangin sena the major alana may be ju. The 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 tsotsam. Jibo chungo lao ding lao tu su mena lame ha lame lao yuwa yamare. Less so. Ding tsotsam wo deres. Lene. Ah. Okay. Um. So without the teaching shared in common with beings of small capacity, and the teaching shared in common with beings of medium capacity, it's not possible for tantra to work. So the highest yoga tantra vehicle is a result of those foundational practices. Okay. All right. Thanks for so so certain people. So everybody in this room is at a different place within their mental continuum. So there could be somebody here who has created all of those causes previously. He or she has renunciation. He or she is a bodhisattva. Because you have to have bodhicitta. You have to be a bodhisattva to enter a mandala. It, it's just in the text. So when we do initiations, we're getting imprints, but we're not actually entering a mandala. We're not actually initiated into the mandala because you can't enter a mandala unless you're a bodhisattva. So when we take an initiation, and if we aren't a bodhisattva, it's just getting us ready for when we are so that we have connected imprints to that initiation you know what i mean because it's so rare right you're right. Your con- the reason we do it even though there's no way we can practice tantra unless we have the causes the reason that we have the books and we read them and the reason that we take the initiations is so that it leaves a memory an imprint within our mental continuum of tantra so that we connect to it whenever the next opportunity is that our continuum is pliant, is like ready for Tantra to actually be. Because Tantra is called the resultant vehicle. It's a result. So Tantra, it isn't a, it, Tantra doesn't occur. It's something that occurs. The Tantric path occurs by having these, all these things in line, including bodhicitta. Then ye the garshin and not so late nature lana may be Jew Wong draw Pacha not so not shan't you semba my imba Dane Sunsang not Jean Cord draw chogamare the shan't you semba my inner the Jean Cord draw draw chogamare the the becha nangla de yure 
the Shanchu Semba Kuna. Semche Mena? Then the Wong, the the Dro Chogomare. The the Jinkor. The Jinkor. Mm. So yes, the my Rimshi is just say saying that it's true that the mind that aspires to enlightenment or bodhicitta is the basis that's needed for Tantrayana. Um that great compassion So the great compassion and that then generates bodhicitta. Great compassion is a few steps. So someone has, has a mind that day and night thinks about how nice it would be if all sentient beings were free from suffering and its causes without any exception. Like Then you decide that you will be the one that actually frees them and then realize you can't, so you want to be a Buddha. So day and night, all you do is think about being a Buddha so you can accomplish the task of helping those beings be free from suffering. So that is the ground or the fertile ground that's needed for Tantrayana to work. So without that, there is no way that the higher vehicles will work, but connecting to them is virtuous because then in the future, maybe in your next life, you then have this connection to Tantrayana. You know how like right now we all have certain affinities? Certain people like cars, certain people like blue, certain people like purple. All these things are imprints that, are, that make us different. So if you have an affinity for Tantrayana, then you'll be like, hey, I like that. I want to study that. That's all. Mm. Right. Definitely. And it's actually more open. Uh, the reason that it's a problem in the West is it, it's very open here because we use the same language, whereas in Tibet, if they had a book on Tantra, a layperson couldn't, wouldn't make any sense. The words, they'd have to look up every word in the book. They wouldn't know what it meant, whereas we can just read anything. So they would literally chant the tantric text, have no idea what it says, and they would feel they're going to get connected in that way. We as Westerners can't handle that. We can't handle chanting something we don't know the meaning of, and is it, is it we saying something bad? Like, like Tibetans have a lot of faith practice that they do. Um, and it's all for the point of getting imprints. Very dangerous to practice it without being ready. But it says that when you read it. So that's the other part that because you know the meaning of it, you can hear the part that says, you know, hey, if you don't have all this stuff, you're going to be in hell longer than you could ever imagine, the Tantra hell, where you're the shape of a deity, but you aren't in a good place. So... Like, there is a good part to being able, but most people don't look at that part. They look at the sexy part. Because we're Westerners, and we're crazy. All right. It's true, though. It should have, like, a thing. When I say the word, you should go, like, Tantra! I'm serious. That's how Westerners think about it. Who's up?
so you, you started to answer my question already a little bit. Um, I was wondering what it is kind of inherently about great compassion that makes it so powerful when combined with the six perfections that it'll, you know, eliminate these imprints, you know, like as opposed to love or other attributes. Um, and is it more, you know, is it true almost like, I'm going to say loosely, like from a scientific perspective, like how does it actually work that when we do things like exchanging self for others and, and exhibit these great compassion, you know, things that we do, um, are they kind of literally eliminating imprints at that time or is that action yes. more creating an awareness of our selflessness both is, or both and that's right. why it's re it's getting rid of those imprints because it's getting rid of not only selfishness but it's looking getting rid of the grasping at self because you're starting so, right. to open up to others Marimache, Garishene, mm. the the ninji temple uh, so just real quickly, it's, it's compassion is a result of love. So it's not saying that love is any less powerful because, you know what I mean? It's just compassion has love in it. Um, and bodhicitta is a result of compassion. So it has great compassion in it. So garshane rimche, the ninji chempo dan semche, the do chempo. Garshane the migeoe pacha. The Nepo. Garishene. Ninji Chempo. Dog Chempo. Garishene. Shantu J. Sen. Garishene. Dog Chempo. Sentient Tanji with the Sajuko Motoba Jao Nabis. Santa. Sentient Tanji doing at the Tender Nabi. Sentient Sayo Marwa. Sentient Tanji doing at the Tender Nabisalo de Shiragi Watochi was it. Sentient Tanji with the Sajuko Motoba Jao Nabi. Salo de Shiragi. So the reason that it serves as such a powerful antidote um, is because it is such a powerful virtue. And it's such a powerful virtue because we do virtue and non-virtue usually in relation to others and how it hurts them or doesn't hurt them. So uh, when we're looking at great compassion as a subject, we are wishing, without exception, that all sentient beings have, are free from suffering and the causes of suffering. So that great compassion, when we say that, it's just not just some words we read. Somebody who has that would day and night wish that this was true for every being. And because there are countless beings, because the, the number is, like, is so vast, and we... We remember in a previous class, we said they use the word countless, not because it's like, oh, well, there's no number. It's because they're trying to say it's so big. We can't, you can't, your mind can't imagine how many sentient beings there are. So if you have a mind that's so big that it wishes that every one of those beings, from the ants to the ghosts to your enemies to your past lives to everyone, that they are free from suffering and the causes of suffering, that that's so much power against selfishness and harming people and stealing from people and killing people. So it serves as a direct opponent because it's the exact opposite. It's, a concordant, it's concordantly opposite. So therefore, it extinguishes the, the weaker 
concordantly opposite thing. So, for instance, a weaker hate would get hurt by a stronger love. If you hate four people, but you have love for all people, then that's going to extinguish because it's so much greater. It's such a greater, it's a bigger mind. Because it's all just in your mind that's, that it's all being worked on. So it's a, just a greater amount of mind then is focused on good than the bad. Now, what exactly does it get rid of? Buddha said that karma is more difficult than emptiness to understand because there's something that it links with in, con in a dissimilar class, like its exact opposite. But what exact means is the part that's very vague and subtle because we have beginningless imprints. So we've done these harms beginninglessly. So it doesn't wipe them all out in that instance because we don't become a Buddha instantly. It just serves as one of those things that takes a little more away and a little more away and a little more away, a little more self-cherishing away, a little more grasping at self away, a little more, a little more of the hate away, a little more of attachment away. And it gets it to the point where there's nothing but virtue left. If Rinpoche said, if you have a mind that wishes, you went from a mind that just wishes that beings go, are free from suffering and the causes of suffering to bodhicitta that wants them all to be Buddhas. So the mind just got bigger. And that's why bodhicitta is bigger than great compassion. Because great compassion just has this mind that day and night only wants beings to be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. A Hinayana Arhat gets that. An individual liberation achieves that. Freedom from suffering and the causes of suffering. But they still have obstructions to omniscience. So your prayer went from having like the goal being small to the goal being the highest result it can be. You went from like hoping they can, can achieve at least a Hinayana state to hoping they all become Mahayana Buddhas. Because as we know, all the Hinayana destroyers will eventually become Buddhas. So we're wishing that, they, that everyone reaches the highest state. So great compassion wishes that they're free from suffering, which can be achieved by a Hinayana liberation. Bodhicitta wishes that they all are Buddhas. So you're wishing that not only the afflictive obstructions are removed, but the obstructions to omniscience. Then Rimache, the Nge Disegadu, the Ninji Chempo, Do Chempo. Yene Shanchu Jesen, Do Sheda Chempo, Gangyan Sena, Ninji Chempo, the Semchen Tamche Dungyal Dan Midrel. The Teme Da Jumba, the Yure, the Dungyal Yomare, Teme Da Jumba, Dungyal Yomare. Dan Sunsan, the Salo, the Dunk, the the Ninji Chempo Salo, the Chik Shena, the Da Jumba, the Yure, Dungyao Yomare, Yene, the Shanchu Jesem, Semchen Tanche, Sanje Gu, then the the Salo, Shed Chembo, the Dungyao Gaj, then a the then a the Teme Da Jumba. Dungyal, 
then a the you know the the corlo yomare cp corlo yomare quadrusar so the the hinayana foe destroyer rimbache said um has according to a mahayanist suffering still because they have so rimbache is saying the interpretation of the four He's just giving me a gotcha, basically. The interpretation of the four immeasurables by a Mahayanist, where it says, may all sentient beings be free from suffering and the causes of suffering, would be ultimately that they're a Buddha because a Mahayanist sees the obstructions to omniscience as a form of suffering. Not cyclical suffering. They're no longer in cyclic existence or korwa, but can be named as suffering, not the kind of suffering we're normally talking about, but a form of suffering because they're impeded in some way. They are not omniscient. Even though they're not in cyclic existence, they're not omniscient. So Rinpoche was just saying that, well, wait a second, I said, well, if you look at the four immeasurables, that then hey, the Ninji Chempo, the Ninji Chempo Dong Shanchu uh, Sem, the Shanchu Ninji Chembo Yuna, the Nyepo Garichesho, Nyepo Garichesho, Nyepo. Ninji Chembo Yuna? Ninji Chembo, Ninji Chembo, Dang Shanchu Jesem. The Nyepo Chesho Gare. Shanchu Sen. The Lasso. Garishene Shanchu Jesem. See, Tanji, Sanju Kumutuba Shao, Ninji Chembo the Tijuro. Shanchu Sen, the Joe. You know the the Chiran Lasun the Semchen Tanche Dunyo Man Damejawa Shiji Pacha Dunyo. Then the Chipa. The Shiji Pacha the the San Lodana Dunyo San Lodana. Then a Semche Dandra. Shiji Bajas Yomu Bachas Logode. Yomu Bachas. Lale. Lale. Yomu Bacha Yuzan. Uncle Dunga Yores. Lesser. And I'm also cheat seven to Dil Kalika and Mm, so Rinpoche is saying that don't call them obstructions to omniscience. Call them imprints of the afflictions and then you'll understand that they are still suffering. When you don't call them just obstructions to omniscience, you call them imprints or leftover things of afflictions. Uh, then you, you'll see that they are suffering for even a Hinayana foe destroyer. It's the, high, it's the highest way to interpret the four immeasurables. So then I asked Rinpoche, well then you're saying that great compassion and, and bodhicitta are the same exact thing. And he said, no, great compassion is a cause for bodhicitta. So anyway, there's some subtle thing there. Because if you're saying that free from suffering the causes of suffering and the obstructions to omniscience are suffering, and you're asking that they be free from the obstructions to omniscience, you're ultimately saying, may all beings become a Buddha. So you're saying the same thing. But semantics, there's some subtle difference because great compassion is the cause for the extraordinary attitude. The extraordinary attitude is the cause for bodhicitta. So there isn't this action step in great, great compassion is how nice it would be. The extraordinary attitude is I will take it upon myself to do it. Then you say, oh, I can't. I'm not omniscient. And then the next step is I need to become a Buddha 
for the sake of be making them all Buddhas. So I see how you, it's kind of a progression of understanding, hey, I hope, I, how nice it would be, be if they were free from suffering. Um, and then you realize that suffering is all the way up to the imprints of the afflictions. And you say, I'll do it. And then you realize you can't. So that's why bodhicitta is a stronger force than great compassion. Does that answer anything or just give you a whole bunch of more words to work with? Scientific, why exactly does it do it? It never says that. It just, once it gets to that detailed point, it says it's too difficult to understand because it's so subtle. Everything is like a beginningless time and there's something causing something that's like it and it's just to pinpoint the exact hows and whys is difficult. Yes. Caught. Yes, because the the gr the grasping at at um, the self cherishing attitude is driven by grasping itself. So when you lessen self cherishing, you s if you're working with emptiness simultaneously, then it has an incredibly powerful potency. It's just very potent when you work with emptiness and, and bodhicitta together. That kind of goes along Thank you. with what, one of my questions is, for everyone having the acquired view of the perishing aggregates as being something that was taught, as I think I remember from last week, and then the innate view of the perishing, is any one, it seems to me that the innate view of self would be stronger and just like omnipresent. Um, and then the acquired view, are those any easier to get rid of when we're talking about um, doing the practices to lessen the shelf cherishing, um, or are they the same? Rinpoche, the Natsu, the Chitta, Luta, the Niyure, Lenche, Dang, Got Lenche, Dang, I forgot the word. Hold on. Jitta, Lenche, Dang, Jitta, Kunta. Kunta, Dang, Lenche. Then the the Nietzsche Kali Kapudu, Lenche, Dets, Leila, the Nyeposhana. Lenche, the Chava, Yurus. Ale. Kunta, Dets, Raga, Yurus. So it's the, the um, acquired is a little more coarse and easier to get rid of than the natural, which is more subtle and requires uh, more practice or more of a advanced practice. So the acquired is something that is uh, more coarse, surface, and the other is more, in, 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 it's called innate or natural because it, it isn't as obvious. We're uh, talking about the. Uh, I think you said there were four tenets uh, today or earlier, and you. Um, I also know there's the. Uh, you have the four schools of Tibetan Buddhism. You know the or the uh, the uh, Gelugpa, the mm -hmm. Kagyu, the, the Sakya, and the uh, Nyingma. Yes. I think so. If I understand right, I think all four of those schools are part of the Madhyamaka. But what about that division between the Prasangika and the uh, Svatantrika? Uh, all of them are different. All, but all so many masters, like every school has some of each. Oh, all right. Yeah. 
the Rimche, Kaju Ningma Sakya Galu, the Kanga Umaranju Dangu Tanjur Yurube. Yeah, all the same. Yeah, they all have they all have the various divisions. Thank you. And they all would the ultimate view would be the middle way consequence school for all of all of them. Now there are definitely debates as to whether people who think they have a prasangika view do or don't. That's all. So not everyone who says it's a prasangika view that you read a book of is necessarily one. That's all. Because like some of the, ma- like back then they weren't like, Baba Vega wasn't like, oh, I'm a lower view. Like I hold this and it's true. It was just what they thought was the ultimate view. You know what I mean? These divisions were kind of made to sort out the, the differences in their views and their subtleties. So at the time they thought, Baba Vega thought that he was the highest. And Chandra Kirt, that's why they talk like this. Like it's absurd what he's saying. Like, because they were all just each other's, you know, con- contemporaries. I always get that peers. We, we did this last night. Yes, oh, that's it. Um, right. I was reading a text, and it was about cyclical uh, existence. Yep, I have hard with that time with that word. <laughs> cyclical, it's, I can't even, cyclical. Oh, is that it? Cic- yeah, cyclical. Cic- cyclical? Cic- yeah. Cyclical. Yeah, you Did know. I do it? <laughs> right. <laughs> cyclical, everybody. Yes. Yeah, That's how you say it. Existence. Um, I don't know why you're having a hard time with it. I'm joking. Well. I just did. I just, it's my joke on myself. Okay. <laughs> I, okay. We'll move on. <laughs> um, now, a thought came to mind about people who commit suicide. And generally, people who commit suicide want to escape this life. And I had a feeling of um, compassion for them, eh, pretty deep compassion, because there is no escape. They're going to carry it on, that imprint. They're going to have to work it through eventually. And have then committed killing a human being. Also, right. then I have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Right. So what, what came to mind also was um, in the intermediate state, uh, is there possibility of uh, work, of study, of development, or is it, is that, because I've heard that possibility, and I just wanted to know about it, if it exists. My question is this, so how does that relate to the suicide? There are beings who are very highly developed that can, in the intermediate state, actually become enlightened. It's said that oh, okay. Lama Tsongkhapa is an example of someone who became a Buddha, I believe. Rinpoche, the, the Lama Tsongkhapa, the Bardu Shanchu. 
Jay Rinpoche. Yeah, became a Buddha in the intermediate state, according to literature, some literature. So yes, you can if you're highly realized, you can while you're dreaming, or you can do practice um, because there's similarities. At the time of death, the, through the dissolution of the elements, you can practice, and then into the intermediate state when the consciousness leaves through the crown. Uh, or wh which, whichever way the consciousness leaves that being uh, into the intermediate state, that practitioner can follow that conscious, their, mm -hmm. his or her consciousness. Um, but someone who has killed themselves probably isn't realized, so probably can't. So that's the Ranse, the Ransena, the the because when you when that being enters the intermediate state, they're already taking the form of their next life and don't remember anything from this life if they're not realized. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I'm, now I'm going back to the person who's killed themselves. If they've killed themselves, chances are they're probably not realized. Even the Dalai Lama's been asked about the monks who've lit themselves on fire, and he says that they couldn't have been because they wouldn't have killed a human being in front of others to see. Mm -hmm. If they were, they really, because the human body is so rare, and it's such a, just a short opportunity we have to practice, and to take that chance away, and to show others that that's what you should do, can't be right. So someone who has killed themselves, chances are they aren't realized, and they'll immediately take on the form of whatever their karma throws them into next, and then in the future, we'll have to experience the consequences of killing a human being. Mm -hmm. Because that's what the, the Buddha said, that killing yourself is killing a human being. Separating one's life force is killing. And when you kill yourself, you do that. So, I don't know if that answers any of that. But the Ran Sena, the Kong Sampa, the Mekashe, the Dungyao Shera Chembo Yure, then Sansan Kong Ran Segudu. Then konso bardo drogudu, kon triwa chikshena, thene the kon sem, the chipo shagdu gangin serna the chikshena kon bardo la lobjung she, then oh nga rang seisong the yapi yomare, then thene chikshena konso the pentogudu the yomare. Taku kono kono seba ina the. So Rinpoche said when someone kills themselves, they create a great misdeed because they've killed a human. Mm. So some will say that it's immediately you're born into a lower realm. But then others, um, others argue that there are, very, there are other imprints that conditionally can rise in the intermediate state of virtue that then would allow that being to have a, a higher realm rebirth and not have any kind of experience that's connected to the killing of themselves in that next life. Because that killing of themselves, they could experience the, the non-virtue, the, the they could experience the result of that non-virtue a thousand lifetimes later. 
it wouldn't necessarily have to be the next life. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen in like that, in then this, then that, then this, because of that. Um, at the time of death, they may be happy because they think they're ending something out of ignorance. They might be joyful when they kill themselves. Who knows? Like, finally it's ending, and that joy then connects to some sort of other karma that's unrelated. So it's very, very complex, is the, answer, the, the thing. But yes, we should have the ultimate amount of compassion for somebody who's in that much pain. I mean, to, to, want, to want to end this life, that's so much pain. But yeah, working in the intermediate state is uh, very difficult because the intermediate state is very scary and moving very fast and it, it you have a body that goes through walls it's not a body that's solid and, and, and you literally would have to if you're going to be born in India you travel you know what I mean from here to there through like uh, ask Geshe-la a question he's a scholar anyone? everybody's tired okay we'll just end Let's just stand. On the subject, I was just, you know, thinking about what she said and, you know, deliberately, how, you know, deliberately taking your own life leads to unfavorable rebirth. Mm-hmm. But what if you wanted to, let's say, let's say you set the intention to expedite circumstances into you know, a more favorable birth. So you're not going to go out and take your life. But you're going to, let's say you gave your possessions away and you, you know, you went to Dharmasala and, you, you know, you waited for one of these, you know, monks who could obviously, you know, these well-attained monks who could obviously do a much better job of liberating other beings than you could to, you know, get sick. And then you, you know, rush to be the first in line to, you know, donate your heart or something like that. Would that work as a sort of guaranteed way of getting a more favorable rebirth if you just want to you know make that process you'd have to be omniscient to know that that monk might go crazy the next day and just start doing they did happens first of all like monks who are like scholars like lose their minds all of a sudden and so that doesn't fly you might be a much more virtuous person than the most famous monk in the world right now you just don't know it or think it or whatever so no like there's no sense in I'm not even gonna ask that I'll ask that but you see what I'm saying like yeah yeah the geshe-la the kongichua the rangse rangse the sheda the the dikpa dikpa chembo yene the chikshena the lama chembo ni gugudu then lama chembo the getchu mambo du the mbecha mambo trigudu then chikshena nga they don't do well with these examples of things that don't exist, by the way. They can never understand. They always think, what, what teacher needs a heart? So I'm just telling you, like, they never get imaginary stuff. They're just not, they don't know why. It's Gugudu. Ni natsa yure. Then nga ni yapo yure. Then chik nga me ducha. Nga the 
Suchupa Langoma Gulken, Thinge Salo, Nga Sheda Ducha Yin, The Lama Chembo Sheda Yapodu, Nge Ni Contena, Con Gewa Mambo Sagare, Nge Ni Gewa Nangla, Nga Nangla, Gewa Sagamare, Gangensen and Nga Me Ducha, Then Chik Shena, The Rangse, Gangensen and Nga Ni Tena, Nge Sek Nge Shigare. Yene the lama chembo chikshena becha mambo trigare. Then chiran salo garyube. Rangsena chikshena gewa yen. Then nge lenjasung. Nge this segadu. Chikshena lama chembo sanyi nyumba chagare. Then chikshena cherang sanyi dopa chagare. Then the tombani lobjungshe. Then tonlanle. Then Natsu Hakogomari, the Namshi Namshi Mena, then Chiran Lenjagare. Lesso. Then uh, so so the person if the person ordered you to do it, they would be committing killing too. So for instance, if they said, "Hey, give me your heart," they're committing. The lama would be committing killing. So kind of letting it happen. Um, and I've got some other arguments about eating meat if we're going to go with that, but that's fine. Letting it happen would would be a form of killing, so the, the teacher wouldn't allow that in the first place. Um, but you doing that, you don't know if it's going to help the teacher or not. You don't even know if your heart's going to work. So you might end up both dying. So there's so much uncertainty um, that it's definitely just committing killing of a human being in non-virtue. Good motivation. There were two things would occur, though. Two karmas would be going on. If the motivation was as pure as you're saying, there'd be virtue there. But you'd also get a karma for killing. So two things would happen. Nge tsampa le ni. This salo nga, this salo dang, the sheda pentogdu, the nampichu sheda yapudu nga ni tena. Then the Nampichu, the Becha Mambo tree, the Gewa yen. Yene Rangse me Gewa, le ni. Re? Yeah. So the motivation is a virtue. It depends on the motivation, but the action is killing. So in order to commit a full killing, you have to have like the motivation to kill, you have to establish a being as something that can be killed, you have to kill it and then rejoice in having killed it. That's a full killing. If any of those components are missing, it's not a full killing. Wait, so when I, and I, I found a, uh, a cockroach in my room last night. And I, I said, you know, so if I, you know, I, I did end up, you know, I really, I'm good with the ants. I've been very good with flies, but I don't like cockroaches. So, okay. And I killed the thing. Okay. But I felt, so because I didn't rejoice in killing it, I didn't get the karma for killing it? No, it was less karma. You killed, less but less karma. It wasn't a complete karma. All right. Not a complete. The kasan kombu, kamba nangla bu yure, then bu chembo. 
Dene con buseson. Dene con o de jesun yerawa yo mare con de sem sem de chipo yo mare. Ngame gewasason. Then ngay segudu de de su chupa jesu yerawa go de kanga. Con su chuson yene jesu yerawa mason. Then jepa damason. Then de dipa chembo yo mare. Dipa che show yo mare. Can you send a Jesu Yerawa yo mare? Rebe. Tambo ducha go, then a this semchenian, then a suchuna, then a Jesu Yerawa. Jesu Yerawa, men divate chores. So it's much less misdeed, Rinpoche said, because you did not rejoice. Because you felt bad. Okay, including mandal offering and dedication prayer. Thank you, everybody, again. Yeah, make sure you always ask the questions because we also are videotaping and you have people out there that are thinking also and they have questions, and you never know if your question's the same as someone else's question that's watching this out there, and maybe it'll help clear up something that they needed cleared up. So if you've thought of it, someone else probably has too. So don't ever hesitate to ask something. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri, likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All-powerful Avogateshvara Tenzin Jatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandak, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Suji Ram Chiguti Shapi Denonang, Atsu Lamrim Chemo Kanga Chirilang, Dang Uma Jupanang, Sawashera Kanga Chirilang. Ngarim 